Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope. We're back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well. Thank y'all for joining me, giving me a little bit of your time. Uh, For those of y'all that continue to spread the podcast, thank you as always. Uh, It continues to help it grow, and I'm incredibly grateful for that. So we're going to take a little walk today. Uh, Beautiful day here. I hope it is wherever y'all are. Got some guineas floating around. Y'all may hear them in the background. One puppy dog is laying a little bit in the sun on the side of the road. I don't know if our three-legged wolf is actually going to get up and come walk with me or not. He seems pretty indisposed right now. So we'll do the best we can without him. My wife has been out here running a little bit today. She may run past. You may hear her at some point. So we'll kind of see how the day goes. Uh, last time we started to talk about, since this is a Christmas season, we really need to focus on those ties between America and Jesus Christ. Really, we try and do that every episode here, folks, um, with very few exceptions. And so we're going to keep going. I was, I had a little bit more on the uh, case of the Holy Trinity that I wanted to run through just to illustrate those ties. And so I'm going to keep going with that, pick up where we left off, I think. Uh, We were talking about the Declaration of Independence and the Supreme Court Justice, David Brewer. This was an 1892 case. He's kind of been going through, and I'm skipping some chunks here, folks, but he's kind of been going through a lot of examples throughout the history of the Americas before the United States was a country. And then he's just now starting into the history of the United States and just giving some examples that show how much we are a Christian nation. And one of those last points that he made is... At that point, up until the end of the 18th century or 19th century, really the question hadn't arisen very often about whether America was a Christian nation or not because it was so universally accepted as a truth. And, and that really is how, I said last episode, that's kind of how the left is, that's the crack that they've kind of let their evil slip into, is saying, oh, well, we're not a Christian nation, we're religious freedom, everybody, all religions are equal, which is a total lie. That's nothing that the founders talked about. They did specifically talk about the fact that every man had a right to believe in God or not believe in God or whatever God they wanted, yes. But the idea that the First Amendment was written to elevate all other religions or atheism to equality with Christianity is nonsense. And you can look at the comments of the man that wrote the First Amendment and just all these comments that we go through on a pretty regular basis. So I'm going to keep going with this case, this court case of the Holy Trinity versus the United States from the 1892, I think. We find everywhere a clear recognition of the same truth. Because of a general recognition of this truth, that we are a Christian nation, the question has seldom been presented to the courts. There is no dissonance in these declarations. There is a universal language pervading them all having one meaning. They affirm and reaffirm that this is a religious nation. These are not individual sayings, declarations of private persons. They are organic utterances. They speak the voice of the entire people. While because of a general recognition of this truth, the question has seldom been presented to the courts, yet we find that in Uptograph versus the Commonwealth, It was decided that Christianity, general Christianity, is and has always been a part of the common law. Not Christianity with an established church, but Christianity with liberty of conscience to all men. 
And in The People versus Ruggles, Chancellor Kent, the great commentator on American law, speaking as Chief Justice of the Supreme Court of New York, said, The people of this state, in common with the people of this country, profess the general doctrines of Christianity as the rule of their faith and practice. We are a Christian people, and the morality of the country is deeply engrafted upon Christianity and not upon the doctrines or worships of those impostors, other religions. That's great, folks, basically. <laughs> I mean, this Supreme Court Justice for New York is saying that in the view of the American people as a whole, as a nation, other religions outside of Christianity are impostors. Our moral basis comes from Christianity, from Jesus Christ, right? And... This is so true and so important. We are not a Muslim nation. We are not an atheist nation. We are not a Buddhist or a Hindu or anything else. We are a Christian nation. The, the rub here, folks, is that we have the choice to choose whether we want to do that or not. And right now, we are not. But then you get into the question of, and this is where we're really at as a country, so those people that do abide by and cling to the values, the founding values of our country based on Jesus Christ, what are they to do? Are, are we just supposed to sit here and let people who don't agree with that destroy the country, right? Which is really kind of where our founders came to and it's where the, the North came to with the South when the South wanted to leave because they were, you know, there's different reasons, folks, but basically they were blatantly going against the tenets of the country. All men created equally via slavery, right? Or in the revolution, our founders looking up and going, well, we can either sit here and continue to become more and more oppressed by the king and parliament, or we can do something about it. And that's, that's really where we're getting to now, folks. We're headed towards some kind of modern combination of the revolution and the civil war. And it has to do with the fact that our country's a Christian nation at heart. And we can either reject that and destroy the country, which is what we're doing now, or we can accept that, but then there's also there's actions that have to be taken based on that course as well. And in the famous case of Vidal versus Gerard's executors, this court observed, it is also said and truly that the Christian religion is part of the common law. If we pass beyond these matters to a view of American life as expressed by its laws, its business, its customs, and its society, we find everywhere a clear recognition of the same truth. Among other matters, note the following. The form of oath universally prevailing, concluding with an appeal to the Almighty, the custom of opening sessions of all deliberative bodies and most conventions with prayer, the prefatory words of all wills, in the name of God, amen, the laws respecting the observance of the Sabbath, the general cessation of all secular business and the closing of courts, legislatures, and other similar public assemblies on that day, the Sabbath, 
the churches and church organizations which abound in every city, town, and hamlet, the multitude of charitable organizations existing everywhere under Christian auspices, the gigantic missionary associations with general support and aiming to establish Christian missions in every quarter of the globe, these and many other matters which might be noticed add a volume of unofficial declarations to the mass of organic utterances that this is a Christian nation. We find everywhere a clear recognition of the same truth. There's a couple other comments. I'll go ahead and read. These I don't think were part of the opinion of that particular case, but they were by Justice Brewer. The happiness of a people and the good order and preservation of civil government essentially depend upon piety, religion, and morality. And then also, religion, morality, and knowledge are necessary to good government, the preservation of liberty, and the happiness of mankind. I mean, he lays it out pretty clearly, folks, and I feel like I don't really need to add a whole lot except just to say the people today and for the last half century plus who have said that this isn't a Christian nation, they're the ones that are wrong. And it doesn't matter whether they're a simple farmer or whether they're a Supreme Court justice, a doctor, it doesn't matter how smart they are or how simple they are from an academic point of view, uh, it doesn't matter. The truth doesn't change because of a degree we get or letters that we can put in front of or behind our name. Um, it doesn't change based on how much money we have or don't. The truth is still the truth. And the truth is, America was born a Christian nation. And we're destroying ourselves today because we forgot that in our families and homes. And then that spread to our uh, culture and education. And then that has spread in turn to our politics, our public policy, right? So it, if we have any hope of turning this around, we've got to turn back to God. So i got enough time today, folks. I think I'm going to try and read through. I've got two more uh, by Warren Earl Berger, Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. And this is from 1983, so almost a century later. Uh, delivered the court's opinion in regard to chaplains opening legislative sessions with prayer. The men who wrote the First Amendment religion clause did not view paid legislative chaplains in opening prayer as a violation of that amendment. The practice of opening sessions with prayer has continued without interruption ever since that early session of Congress. It can hardly be thought that in the same week the members of the First Congress voted to appoint and pay a chaplain for each house and also voted to approve the draft of the First Amendment that they intended to forbid what they had just declared acceptable. Chaplains and prayer are deeply embedded in the history and tradition of this country. He's talking about Christianity, folks, again and again and again. Got to hammer this point home. This is not talking about Islam. This is not talking about atheism. This is not talking about Buddhism or Hinduism or any other religion. This is talking about Christianity. There is no modern sense separation of church and state, meaning that you cannot have Christianity in public policy, in politicians. In fact, not having that is the problem. 
all of these men, these great leaders, these women that we've talked about on this podcast, they all acknowledge this. They, yes, you can't force somebody to have faith in Jesus Christ. You can't force somebody to acknowledge that He is the Son of God, that He is our Lord and Savior. But as a nation, we can choose what principles, what core values we have. And, and the only hope of freedom and liberty in America continuing are to get back to that. Another one in 1984. This is Berger again, Chief Justice Berger. And this was the city of, I'm going to get this wrong, folks, Pawtucket, Rhode Island. And whether they violated the Constitution by displaying a nativity scene. And he noted the presidential orders and proclamation uh, from Congress have designated Christmas as a national holiday in religious terms since 1789. There is an unbroken history of official acknowledgement by all three branches of government of the role of religion in American life. The Constitution does not require a complete separation of church and state. It affirmatively mandates accommodation, not merely tolerance of all religions and forbids hostility toward any. And see, you can kind of start to see here that last sentence, the, the real deviousness, the malevolence of the left and the people that supported it in that last sentence where he talks about hostility toward any other religion. What that's doing by default is saying, well, all these other religions are equal with Christianity versus a hundred years before, which is much closer to the time of our founding, much more knowledgeable about our founding. Justice, not Berger, but Brewer saying that other religions were imposters in his court opinion. And so the problem shouldn't be whether we have nativity scenes or not, uh, or whether we have nativity scenes. The problem should be when we don't have them, when we don't acknowledge publicly, right, in our public actions, not just our private life, not just at church, not just at home, but on our courthouse squares, right? We need to acknowledge Jesus Christ and the Bible because that's what the country is founded on. In our education system, we have to acknowledge that that that's uh, Amos, I believe, the guy that actually put the wording together, the final wording together for the First Amendment. The Bible should be the principal textbook in classrooms, not merely a textbook, certainly not completely gone like it is today, but the main textbook in public education. This is our history, folks. This is the truth. So when people start to talk to you about separation of church and state based on a letter of Jefferson, and when you see that enforced, right, that's just total nonsense. And, and this is why we're heading straight toward a civil war today, because you have people that insist on destroying the very foundation of the country while pretending that they're being some kind of charitable or, or upright. They're not. They're doing the exact opposite. They're tearing down the very foundation of our country. And, and then the choice becomes on the other side, what do we do about it, right? And one of the things that I've long talked about here, and, and it may be too late for this, folks. We may be past this point already. Uh, we may be, I, I, I think often we are headed toward a fight. Uh, so, but if we're not, 
One of the things that has to be done to avoid that fight is to put the Bible back as the central textbook in public education. If you want to go to a private school and they don't, that's one thing. But for, for a nation publicly, we have to teach our foundational values and that has to start with Jesus Christ. And if we won't do that, which we're not right now, then you, you have to give citizens universal school choice where they dictate where their money goes and really where the money for their student if they have students goes and it's a simple thing that should be done by all taxpayers you choose where the money goes for k-12 through institution you choose where the money goes for universities and it would fix a lot of this nonsense folks real quickly and they know that that's that's why it's so disturbing to a lot of these people uh, the rise in the charter schools, and really even more than that, though, the homeschool, right? So education's a huge deal. Um, but again, going back to the, the Rhode Island case, if your particular courthouse somewhere doesn't have a nativity scene, doesn't have an acknowledgement of Jesus Christ in some form or fashion, folks, cross, nativity scene, something that acknowledges, and really, it shouldn't just be during Christmas season, right? That's when something's wrong. So, thank y'all again, as always, for spending some time with me and talking to me, and we will talk to y'all again real soon. Hope y'all have a wonderful rest of your day. God bless y'all. God bless America.